The Dale Jr. Download is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You going to any concerts this summer, man? I am. I'm seeing a concert in June. Hardy and Kit Moore. Love Hardy. In uh, Charlotte. I was so stressed getting the tickets. I'm going to be front row. I'm, gonna, I'm in the pit. When these tickets go out, man, I am online as soon as tickets open i don't want to miss a thing yeah you, you know you gotta act quick yes and when you want the best you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead it's like if you're hiring for a business you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up mm. so what's the best way to do that zip recruiter ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast, and right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. What do you think? Did it get up? I mean, of all things to say. What? <laughs> what? I want a victory beer. <laughs> He's a seven-time champion. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Hey, everybody. It's Dale Jr. Welcome back to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download with my co-host, Mike Davis. And this is episode 430. I don't even know why we tell everybody what the number is. It doesn't really matter. It's not like we're trying to get to some milestone. But it's on the page, so I say it. It's Tuesday, March the 28th, here in the Bojangle studio. And I've been looking forward to this one, man. There's a lot to talk about. We had a big race weekend, Coda, a lot of things happening. Um, I took a ton of notes. Uh, and so uh, kind of excited about this particular episode. And uh, let's get right into it, Mike. Let's do it, man. I can't uh, wait to hear it. Yeah, so uh, I um, had a, a recent trip to Texas, right? Vacation, friends and family. And on that trip, I, um, uh, you know, I'm, I like beef jerky. Right. So <laughs> on that trip, I, uh, the Texans, man, they, 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 some people down there, some small batch meat processors, you know, small, small family owned brands and companies that actually do some amazing stuff, um, in terms of beef jerky, beef sticks and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And so, uh, anyways, I found some of that stuff, and it got me thinking. I was talking to a buddy of mine. I was telling him about this awesome jerky that I found down in Texas, and we got to talking about it. You remember the um, the dipping beef jerky? Uh, how can I forget shredded beef jerky? Shredded beef jerky. Yeah. Have we talked about that on the show before? I feel like Are we you might have. It was like one of the biggest milestone moments in Dale Jr. Download history, where you. I think we might have even made a T-shirt with shredded beef jerky. Yeah. And so we were thinking about um, pre-chewed. Some, yeah, <laughs> that's what you said. What is what are some other pretty incredibly nostalgic uh, treats? I guess that sort of like shredded beef jerky. So I mean, whenever I see that in a store, I still grab a can. Whole can goes in all at once. Um, so I mean, it's one of those things. So another one would be, and I don't know if this is, uh, I don't know if this is even exists anymore, but. Remember the little candied cigarettes? Uh, yeah, but I don't know that those existed <laughs> I anymore. I don't know if the youth of America are still smoking candy well, cigarettes. I know, right? Those are so good, though. 
Were they? Yes. Are, you never had them? I had them. I don't. I didn't get them because I thought they were good. I thought that they were cool. Oh, it looked really? like you were smoking a cigarette. I actually got them because they tasted good. Oh, right. <laughs> um, gator gum was another one. You read Playboy for the articles. <laughs> hey, I was in there. I did do an you interview. Did. You did an article. Right. <laughs> so this is absolutely true. Um, that you know, play. Speaking of Playboy articles, I mean, they were always pretty decent. <laughs> um, As were the candy yeah. cigarettes. <laughs> gator gum. Gator gum. Gator Dude, gum. Dude, did anybody here ever eat, eat gator gum? No, never. Are you serious? Never I heard of it. What oh that is. my yeah, I know what that god! Is. So, <laughs> gator gum. I don't know whether they had anything to do with Gatorade, but the packaging. Uh, I would. You would assume so because the packaging looked exactly like uh, the original green bottle of Gatorade, right? And uh, so the the logo and everything was the Gatorade logo, but Gator Gum instead. And man, the first they I think the the flavor was about yeah there it is. Googled it. The flavor was probably going to be about twelve seconds, just under fifteen seconds. But uh, oh, it is gone. It is the best. Twelve seconds. Fifteen of your life. <laughs> seconds of gum you're ever going to chew. But then about 15 seconds in, man, it, it turns to a concrete. So you got to spit it out quick or it's going to be a permanent fixture in your, in your, in your mouth. It like becomes part of your teeth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just like shredded beef jerky probably does actually. Yeah. I don't know. Anybody else, anybody else have a nostalgia? A nostalgic, uh, like uh, go-to yes. snack, go-to snack or, or candy, or, fl- or uh, anything, candy, whatever. It's like, I'm for mine, it's like the bunch of crunch you get only at movie theaters uh-huh. really those are i don't know if they're still around but yeah yeah those are nostalgic for me i'm trying to think dude i mean i, I hate put to, you on the point i'm sorry yeah I, 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 i'm trying I, to think you know, gator I, mean, I don't i don't know that i had a go-to candy i know i ate a lot of it yeah all of it i mean razzles um, always big razzles saying razzles they're still around i think yeah you know that stuff you chew it like it has a moment of powder and then it becomes gum Dude, I'm gonna tell you too. I, I swear I, to God, you, of, you were in some candy, man. Some I don't of the remember that. best gum I ever ate was ten year old tops uh, bubble gum. <laughs> you were out of your mind. That's the worst gum. I know, but it's uh, you know, it's old. I got some uh, eighty seven packs of tops back in like uh, the early nineties or, or mid nineties when I was messing around with baseball cards and stuff. And boy, I ate every damn stick. Really? Hell yeah! So hard. Oh, oh god! It wasn't hard. I mean, you know, the what? first bite was pretty hard, but yeah. then it turns. It's kind of like the razzle goes to powder and you, then becomes gum. You'd lose a tooth trying to yeah. chew that gum. Yeah. That was not, so hard. I yeah. never lost any teeth. I never did lose teeth chewing that gum. I I uh, I'll tell you that. See, this isn't necessarily nostalgic because to 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 qualify for nostalgic candy, does it have to be discontinued? It because doesn't. see, I'm always been a gummy, gu- everything gummy, gummy yeah. everything, right? But like that's still very prevalent today, so it's not really. Nostalgic. It doesn't have to be candy. Um, f- fruit roll ups. Oh, dude, we were talking Ooh. about fruit roll ups just uh, Sunday. Me and my buddies. Uh, <laughs> How damn good were those things? They were good. really they gushers, were like, gushers, gushers, gushers. Were right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Dunk, fruit roll ups were, were staple in any uh, good lunch box. Yeah. You know, at Dang. school, you, you ever had, had a fruit roll like up? Lunchables? You were in the in crowd. Lunchables. That fruit roll up. Lunchables were good. Yeah. That fruit roll up, man, was uh, you 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 know you you'd start eating it and you're like, man, I got to drag this out. Yeah. Right, you could, eat, go. you could ball it up and toss it in, and be done. That's right. But then you got man, you almost space this out a little bit. What about those candies that popped in your mouth, like like uh, like pop rocks? Pop, pop, yeah, pop rocks. I didn't like them. Didn't like no. them. No, hmm. I think the the stigma you just around like the cement flavors I think of the, the uh, tops <laughs> gum. <laughs> I think the stigma around the pop rocks and and drinking soda and your belly exploding, um, <laughs> that you know it's a it's bull rumor about it. But everybody, you know, when I was a little kid, everybody's like, "Oh man, if you eat those and you drink some soda, your belly will explode." And so I was like, "You know what? That that's probably that's scientific gonna... approach. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, let's just try these uh, smoking, these cigarette candy. I mean, that's good for you." Man, I know we're gonna forget some. We're gonna walk out of here in about ten minutes and be like, "That was the one I should have mentioned." Well, you know what? Dalton can make this a social media conversation that yeah. continues throughout the week. Tell us what's your favorite nostalgic it have to candy. Be candy. Oh, okay, Mike, or snack or go to. I've mentioned things that aren't candy. Come well, on, man. Why fr- are you putting is, us is in a box? Roll up candy. Why are you putting us in the damn box, oh, Mike? All right, fine. But like, I kind of think that you're like NASCAR, throwing them yellows, putting them drivers in a box. <laughs> just like it, right? I'm just kidding. yeah. I'm just kidding, NASCAR. <laughs> NASCAR. I'm kidding. Jokes, buddy. 
I um, <clears throat> I enjoyed the no stage breaks this weekend at Coda, and I <laughs> what? It was a hell of a transition. <laughs> it was. Thank you. I really enjoyed the no stage breaks at Coda, and I um, I want NASCAR to try it at the uh, short tracks with the trucks and the Xfinity cars. I raced in the Martinsville Xfinity race, and there's no damn reason for a caution stage break in that event. I mean, there's plenty of natural yellows for the truckers and the Xfinity guys at Martinsville. They're going to run over each other and give you all the yellows you need. Um, and and I, you know, I I hope that that could be considered. Maybe not everywhere. Maybe not even Richmond. We're going to Richmond this weekend. Everybody knows Richmond's been a boring race from time to time, particularly in the last couple of, you know, last decade. The the potential for a boring race is there. Um, I got my own ideas about what they can do to that racetrack to make a, put on a hell of a show. But, you I know, mean, I'm interested to hear that, actually, because yeah. so, I love Richmond. I've talked about, you know, either they need to repave Richmond. Okay. All right, which is probably unlikely because actually the surface isn't in terrible shape. They need to add grip to it. I know that sounds that counter, sounds, it sounds counter, counter. It does, sounds, uh, it does, sound, it does counter sound counter. It does. It sounds counterproductive. But so there's been times when um, there's a there's a lot of different variables at play here. Okay, it's not one little switch that fixes it. But that, there's been years past where Goodyear has brought a tire where they would move around, right? Even, I mean, it wasn't 2014 or 15. They were running against the wall all the way around the track. And it was crazy. I'd never seen anything like this. So, I mean, I know that t- the tire can play a big factor in whether the cars run all on the bottom or they can move around and find speed in different lanes. But I don't even know if Goodyear knows what makes that happen. And so if Goodyear you know, can't guarantee, hey, man, this tire we're bringing is going to make multi-groove racing. If you can't guarantee me that, then the only other things that I have in my, in my, um, in my toolbox to work with are track grip, right? <clears throat> and so it's, an, it's a bit of an abrasive racetrack, slick, and you'd think that that would put on a great race, but it, it really hasn't. What, you know, when this track has succeeded, when it's been great in the past – it's when it was either recently repaved. If you look back in the early 2000s, some of the best racing we had there, the surface was very dark, relatively new, or it had been sealed with a sealer. And so the sealer acts, um, you know, I put it on my driveway, and it's really the same thing. It's just standard asphalt sealer. And so it's really, really slick and super treacherous when they put it, on the, uh, put it down, but as cars race over it, and they, and they, it becomes tacky. It becomes this sort of, um, you know, it, it becomes this sort of thing that you want to, you know, chase up the racetrack. And, and as we, as you run on it, you also wear it away. It wears away. And uh, so that bottom groove becomes less dominant. And then you go chasing after the newer sealer or the sealer that hasn't been used or ran on. This also happened at, this, uh, the same phenomenon sort of happened at New Hampshire years ago, 15 years ago. They sealed New Hampshire. And for years, we ran after that sealer. We'd chase it up the racetrack. As we wore it away, we went further and further up the track to find more. And the guys that, you know, didn't want to do that could roll the bottom. The guys that wanted to chase the grip and the sealer would, would run up the racetrack, and there you had it. You had multiple grooves, cars passing, cars coming and going. And so... The sealer is an idea. We have never, we haven't sealed a racetrack in a really long time. Mm-hmm. So that is a freaking risk. You got these low profile tires. Don't know how this next gen car would react to a track with sealer. The drivers will complain about it. Every time they've ever sealed a racetrack, if you go back even to the early 80s and read the articles in the, in, in the Grand National scene, every time they sealed a racetrack, the drivers complained. This is awful. It's terrible. It slowed Rockingham down like four seconds when they sealed it because it was so treacherous. So, you know, but hey, harder, harder, harder to drive race cars. Hey, you good. had me at drivers complaining. Yeah. So, anyhow, sealer's an idea. All right. If you're too nervous or, t- or you think that sealer's you know too too risky, the resin. All right. 
not PJ one, resin. Resin is what they used at the first Nashville Super Speedway event when they brought that track back. We had a great race, cars running all over the racetrack. The resin is something that the drivers have been more favorable to. They've hated the PJ1. None of them like it. I don't think it's cool either. But the resin has been something that's been a bit useful in certain times when it's, when it's absolutely necessary for some change. And so the resin is grippy, from right, is grippy right from the get-go. Uh, it's not something that needs to be activated or ran on or you know, somehow triggered into effect. It's there and it's grippy, kind of like uh, a, you know, Coke syrup or anything else that you might spray down on a racetrack surface or a pit stall or whatever. And so if they covered the entire track with resin or at least the second, you know, third, fourth groove all the way to the wall, I think that is probably the less risky application that would absolutely change the racing we see at Richmond. I didn't really want to go down this whole uh, Yeah, I'm sorry I got you down it. No, man, but you asked the question. I did. So, anyways, um, going back to stage breaks. Let's move on back to stage breaks. Good job, NASCAR. Taking away the stage breaks at Coda. We had a fascinating race. We had some, you know, we're going to have all types of racing throughout the year. We're going to have super speedway racing where they're in a pack, and we're going to have, you know, mile-and-a-half races where they're running side-by-side. Where we, you know, this is we need strategy races, we need fuel mileage races, we need a little bit of everything, and this certainly checked some of those boxes, gave us a bit of an, uh, you know, an IndyCar open wheel F1 style strategy race where different teams were on different strategies. Now, honestly, the two stop strategy looked to be the best, but Tyler Reddick was so fast he could make three stops and still beat the field. Most of the other guys that were on three stops weren't as quick as the 45, and so that strategy wasn't really panning out for them as well as it was for Tyler, but Tyler was just so fast. And so um, congratulations to those guys. It's, uh, it's impressive what he's been able to do on, on road courses in a very short period of time being in a Cup Series. But I enjoyed the race. It felt longer. I don't know why it felt longer without the stage breaks, and that's consuming a ton of time. That should make the race feel shorter, but the race felt longer for me. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or the property. It's the location and neighborhood, Dalton. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when we say in-depth, we're talking deep in-depth. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, a home, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. We had a caution for dirt on the track. And, you know, here here's something that I wanted to say about that. So, I was watching at home, right? Caution comes out for dirt on the track. We just watched Denny come through there and spin out. He missed the corner and got in the dirt and and went around. My first reaction to that was probably similar to to a lot of people that that I know, at least. That didn't need to happen. Why would you have to throw the yellow for dirt? It's just dirt on the track, all right? The one thing that the broadcast... The one thing that we – I'm sitting at home in my living room, quiet living room, watching the race, and just a, as, as opinionated as hell, right? Just sitting there just, oh, man, look at that, look at that. This is good, this is bad, duh, 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 right? Watching the race from the comfort of my own home and listening to what the broadcasters are telling me. That's the information I got. I don't have the my tablet open. I ain't listening to driver communication or nothing like that. Some fans do. The one thing – that I don't know or I don't have uh, information about when that caution comes out is, well, how many drivers are complaining about that? All right? Right. So my first reaction was, what the hell, NASCAR? Why'd you throw that yellow? 
had a damn good race going, you screw the flow up. My next reaction was, well, I don't know how many drivers might have been complaining about that. I'm sure Denny was after he spun out in it. Um, and if two, three, four guys complain, if, that, if they're hearing the chatter over the radio and NASCAR monitors all of this, if they have anybody complaining about any kind of treachery on the racetrack, debris, uh, dirt, they have to react. They can't ignore it. Right? Yeah, they have to they have to consider it or take yeah, it seriously. They do. Yeah. And so they may ignore throwing a caution for it. All right. And so everybody, you know, some people are like, well, that dirt's been there for 20 laps. Well, for for at least, you know, a handful of laps, they were more than likely getting a bunch of chatter on the radio from drivers. And so I'm going to give them a break on that one. Okay. You know what I mean? Hey, man. I mean, if I'm NASCAR, I'm in the booth and I got drivers hollering, I'm, you know, I'm a mile away from this damn corner. I know I got some guys down there, uh, track workers that are standing there looking at it, but, you know, they're just, they're, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know who these people are that are that got their eyes on it. So I'm gonna take the drivers' voices into consideration and and maybe throw the yellow. Hey, let's get that cleaned up. But you're assuming that drivers were complaining about it. Well, I'm pretty sure they. Because you just said that you weren't listening to drivers. I know, but I'm pretty sure they were. Okay. All right. Yeah, if we know one that was. Yeah. Well, I'm sure more than one. It, there was a lot of dirt on the racetrack when they should put yeah. a camera on it. I'm gonna tell you right now, as a driver, I would have been raising hell about that. Yeah, you would. Except the only guys that I didn't complain, that. the only guys that did not complain about the dirt were the guys that didn't want the yellow. <laughs> right, out front or yeah. or yeah, strategically. There'll be, you know, there's races going on where there ain't on the racetrack, and you got guys hollering about debris. That's right. Trying to pull, you know, make some up because right. they need a yellow. Right? right now, NASCAR's hearing all this. And on Is the it, contrary, if you need a yellow, you'll make make the smallest little thing to be uh, like there's there's a boulder yeah. out of the track. And I'll throw some damn out of my car. Make a damn caution. Right? Whoa, whoa, I mean, easy, some people have done easy. that. I'm just saying from a driver's point of view, some people have done that, right? <laughs> have you ever done that? I think I did one or What? I think I threw some padding out of my car once. I don't think that it got my caution that I wanted. <laughs> and you lost some padding. Yeah. <laughs> Double oh, we, whammy. <laughs> well, we had the padding there just for that. We'd ride a, What we, yeah. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. This is the Bud Days or Hendrick? Bud Days. Yeah, Hendrick wouldn't yeah. have been so rebel. Yeah. But boy, yeah, Tony Jr.'s packing something, well, packing you a lunch to I throw out the window just in case. We didn't have an extra piece of padding. We had a piece of padding that would be the padding to choose right. if you needed to throw some padding on the track. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I love that. So uh, there was the, yeah, there was, <laughs> there was, okay, that caution to me really. I didn't want it. I had, a, you know, I'm watching the race. It's going great. Damn it, the caution's out. This changes everything. Does it? Does, it takes a strategy out of it. We're not, you know, you're not 100 percent sure in the moment exactly how this affects the race, right? The caution that I was a little more uh, annoyed by was the the three car. Three car has a left rear tire issue. I didn't get to see what happened. I didn't get to see the rest of the racetrack where there was debris everywhere. Yeah, this was late in the race. Yeah, yeah, ten yeah, yeah. laps to go, laps. eleven laps to go. I'm I'm sitting there watching a hell of a race and uh, and I'm like okay damn you know I, I see the three smoking coming off his car but I didn't really get to look at you know how much debris was on the track so but anyways you know, got to take NASCAR's word for it that they threw that yellow and it was necessary now hold up I got I got a piece of uh, information for you Good. yes hear it if you look at the NASCAR race report. If we are talking about the same yellow, and I want to emphasize that, but this is the one where the three spun wrecked with Ross Chastain and a couple others. There's like 10 to go, like lap 60, 61, something like that. On the race report, it says that the yellow was thrown because the one car was stopped in turn one. All right. And it was true. On door bumper clear, I, this is something I want to bring up. On door bumper clear, Freddie says that car, Ross Chastain, Stayed there intentionally backwards, and then they threw the yellow, and then the safety car came back or came out, or safety truck, and then he drove off. Ah. I'm just saying, Denny Hamlin was penalized for manipulating a race. Mm -hmm. Ross Chastain, that was 10 to go. He stayed on the lead lap, he finishes in the top five because of other, you know, restarts and, and stuff. How is that not manipulating the race? It is. And in the race report, it says that the caution was thrown because the one car stopped in turn one. Yeah. I mean, you would have to ask him and look at telemetry. I mean, you can say it, you can look at telemetry and see if he's trying to fire the car. 
you can see exactly what he's trying to do to the car to get it going, whether he's making that effort. NASCAR has that information, that data, to be able to tell whether— I hope they look at it. Right. But I, they, listen, not, I'm not sitting there trying to rat somebody out, but I'm just saying, listen— It's a great point to bring up, Mike. Yeah. It's a great he, point he, he to bring up. He could have won that dang race. Yeah. Well, you know, NASCAR would have to look at it and say, hey, man, we, we feel like that what you did here wasn't right, or maybe they find what they were looking for to—, to, to to feel good about it. I don't know. But yeah. anyway. I was wondering. So, okay. So, there it is. The one car stopped on the racetrack is what brings out that yellow. So, NASCAR, again, is 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 throwing the yellow for the right reasons, right? Got a car sitting there on the racetrack in, mm-hmm. you know, backwards in turn one. That was the moment where the hit the fan. That is right. The right. dominoes started to fall after that. Yep. And so, you know, drivers bear a lot of responsibility for the end of that race. But I'm bi- I'm biased, man. I'm partial to the drivers, and 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 don't put me in that box, all right? Don't take me in the toy store and tell me not to touch anything, all right? So, it if drivers, if you want them to be sharks, if you want them to be lions, if you want them to be fearless, if you want them to do whatever it takes. You got to be careful of the box you put them in. And you can't have, you know, you can't. And I don't know who I'm talking to here. I'm I'm certainly, you know, judging by what we know, NASCAR had to throw these yellows. Right? Yeah. But I'm just saying the drivers bear some responsibility. But I also understand that, man, when, when you put drivers in a late caution situation, I don't know what else I can ask them to do. Not only a late caution situation, but in a configuration that requires them to all funnel into a a turn where they're five wide into one wide or two wide or whatever. That's my next. Go ahead. That's my next point. Yep. Track design. So, listen, turn one is not a bad corner. I'm not saying whoever designed turn one did a bad job. Maybe that's not the first turn for the racetrack, right? Maybe, maybe Maybe there should have been a different turn one, right? Take that corner and swap it with another one. Maybe we don't have the type of restarts that we have. Maybe we get through turn one without somebody being backwards 95% of the time. Think about turn one at Indy Road Course. That's a terrible... We've debated that. Terrible freaking situation and scenario. It's great on the first restart of the race. Yeah, they're going to get through there. You know, it's a whole race to run. They're not all going to take these crazy chances, but three laps to go, two to go, a green-white checker shootout, and you're going to funnel them all down into that? I mean, it's unrealistic. Unrealistic in our racing series. Shouldn't we say that? Yes. Because, I mean, shouldn't – because, you know, we had the other guys from the other racing series in this Coda yeah. race this Sunday, and they were like, "This, you guys are barbaric. What, do you feel like Coda was designed for NASCAR no. racing? No, I think – I think, but I think that's kind do of what your like, point is. I don't, I'm asking, yeah, so yeah. that's right. Do you feel like the IndyCar road course – or the Indy road course was designed for NASCAR racing? Absolutely not. Right. So, I mean, there's – that's the – I got to put a little bit of, of responsibility on the – you know, that the turn being what it is, right? The turn the, – having the drivers – the ability to get 10 wide and then have to funnel back down to and if in like drivers have said this all the last 48 hours if you do not block that inside and if you do, if you're not willing to go wherever everybody else is going you're going to get used up somebody's going yeah somebody's taking it you yeah. can if you go in racing clean you will be a victim you know and that all right so Jordan Taylor great race car driver fast all weekend clean clean racer doesn't has never raced in a race like this before doesn't do bumper cars and how did get how did he fare in those restarts awful right so the the very that's the extreme example of how you know how you will get treated if you don't do what Alex Bowman does right he has to go he's forced down that wreck where the 99 gets turned around or the 99 and 19 get together that's not Alex's fault. No, it was Ross's. Ross, though, it's well, Ross dives down, right, far, far low to do what Ross needs to do. Ross is. Which is bowl people out of the way. Let me make my point. <laughs> all right. I know, you, I know you're wanting to get on Ross, but I'll let, you get, I'll let you get on in a second. 
Ross dives really low. He's still in the right. All right. There's other cars going with him. Bowman has to go down there. If he doesn't, he's going to get used up. Right? That's right. If he doesn't, he's going to be the 19 spun out backwards. That's right. So he goes down to block Ross, but they're all now pot committed into that corner. Bam, 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 running the back of each other, and they end up going straight into the cars that are trying to turn the corner. And so it's, they're all, you know, if you don't do whatever freaking necessary, you're going to get used up. And whatever necessary means put your car and yourself in bad situations where you're going to bang into people and get beat around. It's destined for failure. Any that turn, the way it's designed, that turn in the Indy Road Course Turn One, that's in a in a green white checkered. It's gonna be ugly for a handful of people every time. And so, um, I I don't know what you do about that. I don't know how you, I don't I don't know how you fix that other than hope that you don't have late yellows, right? Because I I don't love these late yellows. Now, that's a whole nother thing. Like, why, how come, like, so when I was a race car driver and I'm running the race and the late, and we get a late yellow with three to go, it would piss me off to no end. I don't care if that late yellow actually put me in a better position to win the race. I never looked at it like, yeah, here's my opportunity. I was so mad that I ran 495 miles and some ticky tack bull. And it was always ticky tack bullshit in my mind, whether it really was or not. Brought out a yellow. Like, we really couldn't finish the last two laps because of this. I always would get really pissed off about it. That was as a driver years ago. Right or wrong, right? If it's wrong, it's wrong. Now, as a fan or a broadcaster, you would think that I would like it. Oh, hell yeah. More overtime. Woo, free racing. Um, drama. All right. They're going to be knocking each other around. Yay. I don't. I still hate it. The moment the caution comes out, I have the exact same emotional reaction that I did as a race car driver. And I, I'm, I'm, it's frustrating because there was such a great, pure, awesome event happening and playing out, and it gets interrupted and turns into a show, and... We were on the grand stage. We had all kinds of people all across the world watching us because of who was in the race, IMSA drivers, F1 drivers, F1 champions. We got all kinds of new eyeballs on us, and that, that it, we basically invited all these new guys to the party and then threw a big fight at the end. Okay. And, and so it's a bit embarrassing but, and frustrating because, damn it, it was sh- it was it was – it was this race that I didn't want to end until it wasn't. And then I was like, damn, will this ever end? Damn, let's not have enough. Don't do this again. Don't go. TJ's FaceTime me on the phone. Let me watch the entry to turn one from where his vantage point. So I'm watching his FaceTime, which is about seven seconds ahead of the broadcast. And I'm like, please, man, I'm watching. So I'm watching TJ live and the broadcast is seven seconds behind on my TV. And as I'm watching TV, TJ's screen, I'm like, Y'all just get through this turn one straight. Please don't, you know, end up upside down or turned around. Cause I just was ready for it to be over with. Cause it was taking the it was taking the shine off of what had been a really nice day. Yeah. Can I just make a point? Go ahead. <sighs> How am I going to do this? Let's see here. All right, because I almost don't want to even take, use code as an example because I agree with you that I wanted it to end too. It started to get silly. Like, all right, it's, it, I don't know if I was embarrassed by it, I, but it was silly. And honestly, I just felt like if Tyler Reddick doesn't win this race, then it's embarrassing because there was clearly a class of the field. And, and it was him. Yeah. And if he doesn't win it because of these charades at the end because they can't seem to keep it on the track. And, I mean, NASCAR's having to throw cautions because, they, of course, they do. Um, that, that They did nothing wrong. I'm just saying, then I would have been embarrassed. But let me just make a point. I go back to, like, Vegas or Phoenix, um, and I'm thinking, man, without a green-white checkered restart, those races are as forgettable as they come. They really are. And I'm listening to all these drivers talking. I've been listening to Denny. I mean, everybody's talking about maybe we should go single file restarts at the end. Or maybe we should just get away with the green-white checkered, right? All that stuff. 
And I'm just like, wait a second. For a second, let's just say, who are we trying to be in NASCAR? Like, what is our identity? Can we just be something that we are and, and not feel like we have to go mirror other racing series? Like, yeah, maybe we are the ones that fight at the end of the party. Or maybe we are more physical. I, I don't, that's what we've always been. Yeah. We're the bumper cars. Yeah. We're the, we're, yes, Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, Jensen Button, you're going to come into this series, you're going to have to you know, roll up your sleeves a bit more than what you would do in your series. Of course, that's his NASCAR. I don't know why we've got to be so embarrassed by that. Now, it did get silly at the end of Coda. That's why I'm saying I'm not really applying this in the very, in the, in the very specific exa- example of Coda. I'm just saying I like the fact that we have green-white checkers. I like that we're more physical. Yeah. I enjoy that as a race fan. I, and and I know the drivers can be, uh, uh, you know, cranky about it. One week they're the pusher, one or the you know the 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 receiver. One week they're the giver, and it's like, but that's also part of the entertainment value yeah. for me. Is that you can be hypocritical, and we can sit there and scrutinize that. But the fact is, is that you better roll up your sleeves when you come to NASCAR because by God, that's what we are. Yeah, I feel like that I can use Coda as a specific example because those drivers were in the race and they were bringing a lot of attention to us. And so for that one moment, those people will not be watching next week. The people that tuned in to see Kimi race and the people that tuned in to see uh, Jordan race won't be tuning in for Richmond. I don't mind a green-white checkered. I think it's a great uh, I think it's great to try to get a green flag finish for our fans. But I think I am fine saying to the ticket purchaser for this race this weekend at Richmond, I'm going to give you one attempt. Not unlimited attempts. This ain't a damn circus. I'm going to give you one. I'm going to try my hardest one time to get you a green flag finish. I'm not going to end under caution. I'm going to go one time for a green-white checkered. That, for me, if I'm coming to a race, that's enough. I want you to just try one time. All right. I don't need three. I don't need unlimited. I don't think we need to go to single file restarts. And that right there would have addressed the issue. And, and that, that, that right there would have stopped the silliness from continuing, right? Having a limitation. Uh, too much cake will make you sick. It's, cake is great. A good piece of cake. But damn, do you need the whole pie? Do you need unlimited cake? Just eat all you can until you want to throw up. We want these F1 guys to come back. We want the IMSA guys to come back. I feel like what they were exposed to at the end, for better or worse, you know, whether you like it or not, whether you care or not, I, I think, you know, I just, I just would have rather them had not seen our worst or in being, you know, been a part, been a part of our, us being our worst selves, right? I will say this, though. This is, you know, I don't put really any of this on NASCAR. Usually, man, we're quick, we're quick to you know we're quick to call them out. The other thing I want to say is NASCAR is is a family, right? We're all in it. We're all in it. Everybody in the industry, and we can all say whatever the hell we want. We have in weeks past. We've been critical of NASCAR, critical of drivers, whatever. But damn anybody outside of that bubble say anything. Even the same <laughs> Right. Not even the same right. I might say, you know what? That was embarrassing. I don't want to hear nobody outside that <laughs> bubble say it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. <laughs> I feel the same way. I'm pissed. Right. You're pissing me off. Right, right. Don't do it. Don't talk about my mom. Don't say that. I'll talk about That's my mom. That's right. Ain't that funny? It's I was, true. It's I true. was sitting there. I was like, I found myself having that happen throughout the day yesterday. I was like, uh, man, I think this way. I feel this way. And then I'd hear somebody outside the, the bubble, outside the industry say it, and I'd go, that's bullshit, man. You better not be saying that. That's not. I don't like that. I don't like you saying that. So, Do you even mean the drivers that were outside the uh, – uh, Yeah. The, okay, so they were very critical of it. They that. were. I thought that, you know, some of the things that, like, um, some of the things that they said uh, was, was, I would say, 99% of the stuff that those F1 drivers and, and Jordan and Button and all them guys said – I thought it was good. You know, they were tired. It was hard. It was hot. It was pushing and shoving. Yeah, falling and, out of the seat. Right. And and uh, I'd never seen anything like it. I'd never experienced anything like it before. But then there were a couple things that they said where I was like, hey, man, you're getting a little close to the bubble. Yeah, right. Or you're right. getting, you're, yeah. you're getting, you're pushing the issue a little bit. You're right. getting a little t- Hitting a nerve. About to get offended. Right. <laughs> Careful now. 
<laughs> uh, it's funny how that happens, right? That, listen, I, I think that sort of informs my position on this. Is that like, yeah, okay, you have your opinion. I understand it. But the fact of the matter is, this is, I, I just don't want to be ashamed of who we are. Yeah. And I, I'm not embarrassed by it that we don't, you know, wear the tuxedo to the dance. <laughs> We wear the jeans, and that's okay. It's who we are. I, I don't mind it. Some days, I some days I'm okay if the if the fight breaks out that ends the party. But damn, sometimes I just want to party all night, man. I hear you. All right, NASCAR is the party all night. Last night, no, it, it, <laughs> literally, it went all night. No, at Coda, at Coda, somebody's buddy didn't like somebody else's buddy, and they fought, and it ended the party, and the party's over. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's what happened. But listen, speaking on that, I, there are some other code of things that I just, I'm, they can be quick answers, but let me just get your impressions on them. Ready? Maybe you have this in your notes. Maybe you don't. All right. You mentioned Chastain and Suarez, or the fact that they got into it a little bit and had some words afterwards with Bowman. Hmm? Thoughts? Uh, my only opinion about that is NASCAR probably should talk to Daniel about hitting the 48 after pit entry. Right. Right. So, I mean, I don't mind... Uh, the crew, the I don't mind the I don't have a I don't have anything to say about the teammates right being it at happens. odds. It happens, yeah. Sure. Um, just I like Daniel a lot. I think he's got he's a really freaking good dude, and he's better than that. And I I I wish that he would say you know he could hit him all he wants out on the racetrack, coming to the you know under the cool down lap if he wants to go pop somebody in the door or whatever. But once you start cross that line you know there's sort of a it's either there's there's an imaginary line right a code or whatever or a physical line on the racetrack where pit road speed begins whatever you want to call it right you gotta can't do that you, you gotta stop he you was gotta, looking for him that whole last lap even as he was taking of course, the yeah, he was talking about yeah it. and he was talking about it but they just happened to find him in yeah. pits i understand that emotion i understand that frustration and i understand the, the feeling like i've got to go show my frustration i've got to do it and i've only way I know how is to is to, to pop him in the bumper or whatever. And what he did was fine, just where he did it. Yeah. Okay. Bubba Wallace saying driver should be replaced. Talking about himself. He should be right. He's just overreact he's overreacting and obviously I don't think he even feels that way. But I, this is this is what I understand I understand what Bubba's trying to do here. And this is the same thing that kind of like Chase Elliott used to do all the time. Chase would run second and go, I suck. I'm terrible. Right. He would say that. I let everybody down. And I don't think he really feels that way, but he wants us to all know. That he's upset. That he's upset. And that he doesn't think that that's good enough. And that he, I think he feels that, yes, to a point, I've let my team down. I didn't win the race. And I think that they think the car is good enough. And I didn't get it done. But – I don't think Bubba Wallace truly, genuinely thinks, man, I need to be replaced. I understand. I think what he's saying is, hey, man, just so y'all know, I feel pretty uh, pretty bad about this and I should have done better. Uh, but I think he, you know, he's, pri- he's trying to exaggerate to a point just to get that point across, right, to get that emotion across. And that's where drivers can be too hard on themselves. I used to do that too, you know, get out and just beat myself up, only to try to show you that I realized that I, I didn't measure up today, right? You don't want a driver to get out and go, what, man? What'd I do? I didn't have nothing to do with that, you know. You want them to admit some fault, but I think there is, you know, moments where some of them, myself included, can be much too hard on themselves. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. By by the way, I I meant to ask you about this earlier. I I really thought what Denny did on Actions Detrimental this week was pretty – pretty clever he he basically replayed all those last restarts and and then identified all the people responsible that could have shown more responsibility yeah. and could have shown more uh patience or whatever and uh but didn't and he called him out on each one and he said by the way i'm gonna be this guy uh time at times too he's not saying uh, all these guys are not good and i'm 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 good no he's like no no if we're going to sit there and talk about the good moves and everything let's at least draw uh, attention to okay there's a lot of people there this is the guy that didn't hit the brakes but could have because he wasn't being pushed from behind you know like it was austin Cindric and kevin yeah. harvick on that first restart it was uh you know ross and you know bowman suarez all those guys you know trying to figure out who was the 
you know, who could have done something a little different in the second one. Anyways, that I thought that was interesting. I did too, man. He's doing an amazing job on that show. Yeah. I was wondering how he would respond to being fined for something that he said during his podcast and how he would come back and continue to podcast. And yeah. I think, I mean, this past weekend he's shown that he ain't going to adjust. He ain't checking up. No, he ain't. <laughs> he ain't tapping brakes. Ryan Priest, yeah, he said he got wrecked by a bunch of hacks. A lot of these guys just pay their way and don't respect cars. Somebody needs an ass for kicking. I want to make a decision for you. I want to put Ryan Priest on your on your radar as far as talking the talk or walking the walk. You know how you okay, how yeah, you were how you okay. were with Denny. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. old Denny doing that doing nothing but talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ain't doing nothing. So you're thinking Ryan Priest is doing a lot of talking, but he not a lot some, of walking. He did some talking. Let's see the walking, right? Oh yeah. He he has a chance to go out he there. He was and put, very clear on on what he thinks needs to happen. Is he is he talking about is somebody else doing the ass kicking? Uh, is he yeah, doing do, the ass Do you game? have there what he says specifically? Got wrecked by a bunch of hacks. All, a lot of these guys just pay their way and don't respect cars. Someone needs an ass kicking. And the response is, well, you you have a foot. Who's he thinking? Who's, who's, who's doing the ass kicking? <laughs> All right. Oh, dude. I posted, uh, before we go to Ask Junior, I wanted to talk about one thing. I posted uh, on my social media uh, the snake. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, I saw it. So, um, dude, I found that in my house. So I have a movie theater downstairs, uh, basement bar movie theater thing going on, right? And there, there's some toys in there. We go in there and the kids watch Disney and whatever and big movies. And the snake was in the toys. And the for sale sign was in the front yard. No, when? it's not that easy. <laughs> You're not just going to move on out. Uh, yeah, dude, I couldn't dude, freaking believe it. And... In the toy, what? So it's in their toy, like an Isla's toy. Right, yeah. So my kids were, we were trying to talk them into watching a movie, right? And they're down there playing with the toys. And Isla goes, "Mom, there's a snake." And I was like, "Really?" And Amy goes, "Isla, that's nothing to kid about. Is it seriously a snake?" And while she's saying this, Nicole's just digging through the toys. And Isla's like, "Yeah, mom, it's a snake," and and she's fine. She's not. Ner- she's just. She didn't take off running or nothing. She's just looking at it, going, "Yeah, it's really here." And so we walk down there, and uh, damn, there's the snake, right there, and it's trying to get underneath this uh, toy. Right, it's we're trying to move toys, and it's trying to hide. Right, and so uh, I got a piece of Tupperware, put it over the top of the snake, slid a pl- paper plate underneath that, flipped it over, put the top on. It was big. And it's seven inches long. It's tiny. Oh, it wasn't that big? No, baby. Okay. Yeah. And so, but anyways, while I'm doing all this, it's snapping, right? It's it's trying to bite. It's just, and I'm like, man, it's pretty aggressive. And it looks like a, a copperhead. And so, um, looking on the internet, though, baby copperheads have a green or yellow tail, and this one didn't. I, she, My wife took a picture of it and sent it to this guy who cleans our aquarium, and he knows all about you know snakes, fishing, all kinds of uh, he's a he's a scout leader kind of guy, knows a lot about the outdoors. He's like, oh, that's a water snake. I'll come pick it up. Perfect. I want to show it to the scouts. So he comes by the house and gets it, and he's going to bring it back when he's done showing it to the scouts and turn it loose because it's a water snake. He's going to turn it loose by the creek. But um, how it got in the house, I have no idea. Thrilled that it's not a venomous snake. Yeah. Thrilled. Because, I mean, babies, you know, you, you know, I don't know if they got hatched in the house or what. I mean, they're more or whatever. He said he said those usually hatch two do- a couple dozen. So What? Yeah, so, I mean, if there's one, wherever they hatched, there's m- multiple more, right? But it's a water snake, and why it's not near the creek or anywhere near the pond or whatever is uh, is confusing. How'd it get there? Is he- there something you can do to see if there's more? I mean, like, I, I don't know... It's not like you can call an exterminator, right? Keep your eye open. <laughs> you just got to watch where you step. I don't know. I ain't moving. And, you ain't watching movies, though, I either. I ain't crawling. You, there ain't no ain't, way you've gone I'm back in that movie theater. I'm crawling through the crawl space of my house looking for snakes. snakes. No. Just in Isla. Just live Nicole my, in. I'm just going to hey, live. Y'all go play. I'm just going to live my life, man. Let me know what you see. <laughs> Andrew, you ready for some Ash Junior? Let's do it. All right, Dale, we are live here on Ash Jr. Hey, everybody. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, 
We're having a great time here on Dirty Air today, and now it's time for Ask Junior. Andrew is in the booth. He's got all your questions ready, and let's get right to it. Shout out to the YouTube chat, too. They were uh, populating the chat with a bunch of dad jokes and knock-knock jokes while they were waiting, (laughs) so it was pretty entertaining to watch. But this first one uh, comes from Adam Lloyd. Uh, What format would you like to see for the uh, North Wilkesboro All-Star Race? I think that the star of the night, uh, so let's just go ahead and get it out of the way. Let's get rid of all the gimmicks. Anything feels like a gimmick, been done in the past, let's get rid of it. Uh, the star for this race is the track, the the history, the nostalgia, the surface, all that. So let's let that just be the thing. People have wanted racing at North Wilsboro for decades. Let's give them racing. So make that first segment really long, right? Relatively long. 100 laps, whatever. That'd probably be the minimum. Uh, let's just turn the cars loose and everybody just sit there and enjoy watching those cars race around that track and, and, and just soaking it in. Um, I think just being there and, and, and watching the cars compete, uh, will be plenty, uh, for that first little stage. And, uh, you know, then I would sort of maybe, I would probably run a three stage race, hundred laps, 75, 25. I'd be very limited on tires, um, but otherwise I wouldn't get too fancy. No invert, no no draw, no funky stuff. So uh, the only thing that I would say that would re- be really helpful, uh, and we're I'm trying, you know, I've been trying to um, promote this and talk about this and encourage this. All right, so how do we? Uh, this this I think is a really cool idea. So. Bring back the pit crew challenge. Bring back the pit crew championship. Have a trophy that a crew wins that they take to their shop, and it belongs to them until the pit crew championship happens again the following year. And then whoever wins that takes that trophy from that team. So this be like a college trophy, right, that travels from team to team. And so the you know bring the pit crews in, set it all up, where the drivers basically do just a pit stop. There's no lap. There's no hot lap. There's no entry. There's nothing that's timed other than the stop itself. All right, so the car rolls onto the pit road, and it trips a line about a, about one stop, one pit stall away. They do the pit stop. They pull away, and it trips a line about a stall away. So bam, bam, it's about a you know 14-second experience, right? All the cars, all of them, the, the cars in the all-star race and the cars in the open all go through this process and you crown a champion and that champion can be any team, right? That, that is the fastest that day. Um, and so all of the times that the teams have for their pit stop is how that, how you set the lineup for the feature. There's no qualifying. There's no, you have some practice and whatnot, but otherwise the way the pit crews pit the cars and the time that you're given determines where you're going to start for the race. And so what that will do is put a bunch of pressure on the teams to, because that will affect you know, your day. right? If you have a bad pit stop and you start toward the back, you've got to work through that. If you have a great pit stop and you start toward the front, your team has set you up to succeed. They are a big part in playing. They're, they're then playing a massive role in the success of the weekend, which they should. And so... Basically, the open, the all-star open that will run before the, the all-star race itself, that lineup will be set by the pit times, and that'll happen, obviously, on, on, Saturday, on, on Sunday. The race is Sunday or Saturday? I think it's Saturday. Uh, when is the all-star? Saturday or Sunday? I Whatever think it's it is. Sunday night. Is it Sunday night? Yeah. So the race, the, the open is already, you got the lineup set for the open. You can have your fan vote. On Saturday, before the all-star race, there'll be two heat races. All right, the the pit crew, the pit the pit stop times will set the lineup for those heat races, and there'll be duels, just like Daytona. Uh, but you might have some really good cars that are going to be mid pack or even worse because of some mistakes or whatever on their pit stop. So, anyways, I think doing it by the pit stops puts a lot of pressure on the crews. You want to put them in that situation. You want to put them in a pressured situation, and it also is going to deter, you know pretty much. Guarantee you won't have the fastest car starting on the pole. And um, that'll make the heat races matter, where we're not going to have an elimination. So if there's no elimination, the heat races don't matter, right? 
Well, now they do because you might have some guys that had some bad pit stops that got some work to do in those heat races to try to give themselves a better starting spot for the main event. So I think that's a great way to do it. Uh, but otherwise, you know, the racetrack is the star, and I hope that they uh, they just let the, you know let give the fans a lot of racing, a lot of laps. Um, there's also, you know, don't forget the super late models there on Tuesday, the cars tour, which I'm racing in and Kevin Harvick's racing in and, and uh, several other, uh, to be determined cup drivers and Xfinity drivers and so forth are going to be competing. Um, that's on Wednesday. And so the trucks are racing as well on Friday, I believe. So it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of laps, a lot of racing. Just, uh, hopefully everybody can come out. I love the pit crew challenge idea. Yeah. That would be great to see implemented. Um, this next question, a lot of people were asking about um, if you saw uh, Kurt Busch's emotion on that last lap of the of the Coda broadcast. Uh, you know, obviously still dealing with you know those those concussion symptoms. He wanted to be in the car. Uh, what were your thoughts on on the emotion he gave on the, on TV? Yeah, just um, th- there was a lot there. Obviously, I think he truly is happy for the forty five team and happy for Tyler, and he's he's you know, putting in a lot of effort and, and investing a lot of time with the team and the crew, um, trying to be an asset for, for Denny and them. But there was that sadness in his, in his, in his heart and in his words about, um, being injured, not being in the car. It was a moment where I think it really hit home for him that he wasn't where he wanted to be. And that was behind the wheel. And so, um, you know, those, those realities happen, and have happened before, I'm sure, for him. He's already probably experienced this in some moments, you know, when he sits down and turns on a TV for the Daytona 500 and he's not in the race. Um, but those are private moments. This was a very public one. And so I can certainly, um, you know, understand, I guess, what we were listening to. And, you know, I'm, I think that uh, Kurt did a good job. Kurt, Kurt's a good guy that um, has great intentions and uh, – does a pretty solid job in the booth and um you know it, it wasn't planned out that that 45 car was going to win that day it just so happened that while he was there working that's what went on and and he reacted in in a very honest way and so uh i hope that um it seemed like he really enjoyed the day and enjoyed the celebration afterwards and uh good for him I appreciate the passion he brought yeah. to the broadcast. Um, I think we've got time for one more quick one. Uh, this one's coming from Chris. Uh, have you ever gotten a song stuck in your head during a race? Oh, yeah, all the time. All the time. Yeah, I think <laughs> we were at Pocono, and I had Spring Springsteen, uh, Eric Church. Uh, boy, I couldn't stop singing that. And so, I mean, you do. You sing while you drive. Uh, yeah, I don't know how. what else you need to know. It's pretty self, you know, it's pretty, pretty – uh, it's just like everybody else that drives up and down the road, except for we actually don't have a radio play, and you're just hearing it in your brain, right? <laughs> and there's no way to get it out because you know, like typically, like you got to listen to another song. To, like, so the way I head. get it out is to actually listen to that song. Yeah, right. And That's so, like when we get when we get done and get in the car, <laughs> we're getting the rental car to drive home. Like you listen to that song, and that's like finally washes it out. But yeah, that's happened time and time again. I I, I talked to Chris Busher about that years and years ago, and he said he had Tennessee whiskey stuck in his head for the entire Bristol Night Race. <laughs> that would be which so would annoying. be a long. Uh, that's yeah. a long, and especially like with the rhythm track like Bristol is. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Hey, before we get out of here, Dale, you know, a lot of times when people ask us, you know, what NASCAR race would I go to? What's the best track? We always say the same one. We always say Bristol. Uh, Bristol is an iconic racetrack, uh, and if you've never been, it's unreal. And guess what? You can plan on being there in just a few weeks. That's right, Bristol under the lights on dirt. Uh, what's also really special is that it's Easter, and before the race starts, there will be an Easter celebration for anyone who wants to attend, and it's free. It starts at 4 p.m. on the Fan Midway stage with an amazing lineup, including the keynote speech by Tim Tebow and music singer-songwriters Phil Wickham and Corey Asbury. So make the Bristol Race Weekend a family weekend to remember. You can visit the Kids Zone, the Food City Fan Zone, and Fan Midway. Experience on-site camping, tailgating, concerts, entertainment, great food and beverages, and so much more. Uh, Don't forget, kids' cup tickets are just $10. Bring a kid to a race. Man, Bristol. That'd be fun. $10. Can't beat it. To get your weekend package and save, visit bristolticks.com. That's bristolticks.com. 
Bristolbaby.com. As Dale Jr. said in 2004, it's Bristol, baby. And that's that, man. Two weeks. Yeah. Also, I think they are bringing back the pre-race live stage show for the fans at the racetrack. Kenny Wallace, I believe, is going to be there in person. Is that the Bristol race? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. There you go. Even you know, more. Remember man, that, you pay for a ticket for that oh, all day yeah. long, you don't right? Miss it. That's great for the fans. They're going to enjoy that. That'll get them pumped up for the race to start. That's great, man. I appreciate it. Mike, great show. Dirty Air, Ask Junior. Tomorrow, Chip Ganassi is our guest. So make sure you want to tune in for that. We've wanted him on here for a long time. It's going to be a lot of fun talking to Chip. We'll see you. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.